I'm Ellie, Nature Lab's community science educator. Today, I'm excited to kick off an interview series with um, folks from the Soil Factory, which is an art science initiative in Ithaca, New York, whose activities have parallels with what we do here at the Sanctuary and Nature Lab. Today, I'm talking with Rebecca Nelson, who is both a professor in the College of Agriculture and Life, Life Sciences at Cornell University and works with the Soil Factory. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Ellie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the Soil Factory and maybe about what you do there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Rebecca Nelson, and I'm on uh, the faculties of Plant Science and uh, Global Development at Cornell. I've been here for a couple of decades. Before that, I worked for a few years in the Philippines and then Peru. It's only this last very couple of years that I've been really focusing hard on this issue of circular economy and bionutrient circularity and sort of how communities can work together to take a, a look at the way we live and think about how we can live in a way that's more fun, less hazardous to the world and, you know, sort of more protective of the future. And is that where Soil Factory comes in? Is that kind of one of the places to play around and experiment with that vision of the world? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the Soil Factory came into being, I think it's around the time that I was really looking to sort of, you know, appreciatively look back on my days as a hardcore corn geneticist and international researcher, but sort of looking to be a little bit more community oriented, a little bit more local, having been very non-local for a long time, and get to know the people and places and issues around me more, partly so that when I continue to work abroad, I actually have a hands-on knowledge of what I'm talking about. And there's sort of a more authentic, let's do this together, as opposed to before I was, you know, the scientific director for a program, it was more a higher level role, if you will. And I was really longing to get my hands dirty and, and know what I was talking about at this very sort of more, you know, knows how to do it role, uh, way. So the Soil Factory came into being, I think each one of us who was involved in starting it up maybe has a different origin story. I see it as something where like a, a few friends of mine were in the mood to do art science stuff or in the mood to kind of get off campus, be more less rule bound or whatever and more engaged. And, and so I was sort of in the same mood. So there's one day Johannes Lehmann, who's a key co-conspirator, he was putting on an art exhibition of his own African art at this space, at this warehouse downtown. And when I went to the exhibition, it was like November in the middle of the pandemic, freezing cold, you know, and I brought some snacks and I'm like, oh, hey, I recognize this. This as the place belonging to a friend of mine who we were in the Philippines together decades earlier, working at the International Rice Research Institute. And I, so there's these guys that work on biochar together, you know, are sort of like these people that are old friends, yet don't spend that much, you know, don't have a chance to spend that much time together, sort of all wanting to move in some sort of direction like that. And we were all sort of in the mood to be more community-based, more activist, more, uh, you know, kind of out there. Um, in my case, I also just wanted to get a place where I could just have more freedom to operate, fewer, you know, regulatory hurdles to making large or whatever, you know, just kind of low-end activities that are really hard to pull off on campus. So, so we sort of um, decided eventually to rent this space from our friend who kind of puts up with us. And that took a while. And by now it's a very active, you know, lots of stuff going on. There's some thematic coherence, but not that much. Like there's a lot of stuff on this circular bionutrient economy stuff, sort of arts, and it, but it's not, 
it's sort of whatever, whoever at the same time, you know, I, I feel like for the sanctuary, it's also like there's a name of media, but then there's stuff that's not media, you know, so it's kind of like that, that it's kind of and, 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 and there's some attraction to, you know, what's going on and some freedom to, to spin that off in whatever direction you want. So we sort of recognize that if we have our own thing we're trying to develop, it really interacts with people locally, but also brings in people from weirdly in all sorts of different places, including, you know, different countries and whatever. And that we see this like commonality between what we're doing, what Sanctuary is doing. We went to some art science session in New York City and there we felt, you know, kinship there. And then one of the people presenting the same session was having something like that at the Rockaways. And we're just sort of feeling like this network of networks is a really powerful way of inspiring each other, way of getting ideas way of just again expanding the role of like like-minded or friendly people that we're getting to interact with so anyway very thank you for hosting us that was lovely yeah so yeah we had a, a sanctuary open house as as many of our listeners probably know and we were delighted to have this delegation from Ithaca that included Rebecca and many of her colleagues at the Soil Factory which is what led us to be trying out this interview series and I think uh, many people listening, um, and certainly many of my colleagues and volunteers at the sanctuary can relate to this idea of wanting to focus our work locally, and also for people who've been in an academic environment wanting to go outside of the academy. So I think there's a lot of commonality there. I think probably plenty of our listeners know what biochar is, but could you give a quick overview of what biochar is, because it's a beautiful thing that we would like to work on more and, and haven't. Um, and so it, yeah. Next to that concept of soil factory. <laughs> right, right, right. So we, we happen to have like those two guys that I mentioned in my first encounter with the place where we're at, they're both experts in this particular thing, so they can speak to it better than I can. But the basic idea is that if you, oh, if you, something like burn, but you're sort of similar to combustion, you're, you're quote, burning it's called pyrolysis if you do it in a low oxygen environment. And so what you have at the end of doing that, if you take an organic material, carbon-based material, and you pyrolyze it, so you combust it in a low oxygen environment, you're left with the kind of carbon structure that was there. You've, you've sort of lost half the organic matter, but you've kept half of it in a very sort of stable, permanent, and I would say beautiful form. <laughs> and basically the same stuff as uh, charcoal is, you know, made by a similar process. If you're making charcoal, you're kind of combusting it in a low oxygen environment. But uh, you can do this with a lot of carbon-based material. And you, so again, you retain around, you know, half of the energy and carbon there, and it'll be stable in soil. And it has all these wonderful properties as a soil amendment. You know, it can, this sort of very porous, high surface area material can be a great housing complex for microbes that can help you keep your nutrients in, in motion, build up that microbial community, it'll help you hold water, it does all these great sort of services for the soil. So that's a, it's it's sort of a carbon sequestration tool, but, and it's also a really build organic soil organic matter tool. And that's particularly important, you know, in tropical environments, it's really hard to move the needle on soil organic matter. Like in African soils, a lot of us at the soil factory are like Africa oriented in our research and, mm -hmm. and other outreach activities. And, you know, we, we were just last month, spent some weeks there in our January intercession at a nice big meeting with 80 some people in the circular bionutrient economy network there. And, you know, so we're really, again, it's network of networks. Um, in those tropical soils, it's 
they're really low carbon soil, so it's really hard to raise a good crop, very subject to drought stress. And here, you, you know, it's a really cool way and we could start to see things happening there where even you know, smallholder farmers can get carbon credits for pyrolyzing their own corn stalks in their own cornfield, getting that big into their own soil, then maybe like KLM or whoever yeah. brought us up there is paying them money to do that. So we're starting yeah. to see how it could actually work. And that's really exciting for us. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we've always been, of course, interested in compost on our block. And I think biochar is like another thing that has potential in the future and, and could be an interesting, like hands-on fun civic science project even. We just have about a minute left. Um, I know that you have a range of programs at the Soil Factory, like film screenings, workshops, an artist residency program, even a land restoration project, I think, called the Marshy Garden that I saw on your website. I hope to speak with some of your colleagues down the line about these projects, but maybe right now you could just tell us a little bit about an event or a program that you're particularly excited about, either that's happened or that's coming up? My favorite and the one I put a lot of time into uh, is a, a different garden, not the marshy garden, which is more a um, pollinator garden over yonder a bit. I've got a garden that's, it's along the line of something I'm calling oasis spaces. It's kind of prototype a method for in a contaminated urban, you know, small postage stamp place. How can we come, you know, with some of these organic resources in a boom, boom, boom fashion and and support a community to design their own beautiful little garden. The model that we have going now that I really uh, am working on is, you know, a layer of wood chips to protect you from the contaminated soil below, then build your frames and your play structures and your lounge area out of straw bales, fill it with your compost and local organic matter, you know, ha have a toilet, the pee goes into the straw bales to get them ready to be composed next year. This sort of this methodology that can, you know, a bit of this, uh, may or may not be fully locally, I mean, legal or whatever, but it's very impermanent, could be a verdant little space that you can readily design in a very plastic, easygoing way. So that's that's kind of my favorite <laughs> activity. That all sounds, again, very applicable in the space that we work in um, at the Sanctuary and Nature Lab and to my own work. So delightful talking with you, and I look forward to continuing these conversations. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks so much, Ellie. Take care. <laughs>